Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude Branding, a hospitality branding and experience design agency. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. Today, we're joined by Colin and Ronan Hannon, brothers and principals at Proven Partners. Proven Partners is an international real estate and hotel consultancy that specializes in independent hotels, resorts, and resort real estate. Together, they bring over 35 years of experience and insights as developers and owners. In our conversation, we'll discuss their background and how Proven Partners came to be. We'll dive into their approach to creating a holistic, sustainable, and immersive experience from concept to execution. And we'll also chat about how they focus on concepts that blur the lines between real estate, hospitality, and the guest experience. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. Colin and Ronan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Cool. So yeah, I had come across uh, some of your work and some of the concepts that you've developed and uh, just really impressed with uh, how you guys put together um, a bunch of different aspects of a concept to create an experience and wanted to reach out and talk to you guys more about just kind of hear your story and uh, talk about some of the philosophy and decisions behind uh, how you got to where you are. So uh, maybe for starters, just let our audience know um, how you guys got into the hospitality industry. Sure. I mean, I think in short, we got thrown in the deep end. Um, we had been involved in real estate projects in in, in Ireland, where we are at the moment, uh, the UK, and then on to South Africa for a number of years before we stumbled into Belize and fell in love with it as a destination and quite quickly raised some capital from investors to develop a number of projects. And we started with the... Uh, set up a boutique resort in a faraway hidden corner of Western Belize. Um, so we came in really with a hands-off role as developer, but we happened to open the resort just after Lehman collapsed. So um, out of nowhere, uh, we inadvertently opened a small independent luxury resort in a little known part of a very small destination with zero prior hospitality experience at the very start of a global meltdown. Uh, so... You know, I think when we started that project, we, we didn't necessarily see ourselves being the hands-on guys, but very quickly we had to get hands-on and uh, learn a lot of hard lessons um, from the ground up, I think you could say. Um, that project never had a big budget to play with, uh, but if we wanted to stay open in those days, I mean, 08, 09, 10 was miserable. Um, and it forced us to look at things in new and interesting ways. And it, I, I guess it gave us a template for playing around and experimenting. Um, there was no domestic market. There wasn't much of an international market. Uh, so we had to figure out how to get international press, how to kind of build a presence um, and engage on a consistent basis to try and turn uh, uh, yeah, turn over some revenue. Um, so bit by bit over the course of a few years, we built up the business and ultimately made it very successful and it paved uh, the way for us into a, a lot of other projects um, since then. But that was our kind of... Uh, baptism of fire i think you could say yeah i think just just to add a little bit to that i suppose um like i said coming from a sort of real estate background and, and we grew up in real estate development um over here and you know obviously it was boom years all over the globe um i think in in when we started really getting into hospitality you really 
develop a real respect for the attention to detail um, and how much more is going on in a hospitality-based project than your sort of standard, um, you know, residential, um, you know, multi-unit development um, for real estate. So, you know, for, for general managers, for GMs, I mean, their roles, their jobs, it, it's a vocation in life more than anything. Um, and I think that really appealed to us and we, we developed a, a big respect for um, how much goes on and how devoted people are to, to hospitality. So just to add that little bit in there. Yeah, that's really cool. So your first project was what? That was Ka'ana Resort in Belize. So it's, a, it's an SLA, small luxury hotel of the world, uh, still, uh, still going strong. Um, so it's right in, in Western Belize and 17 bed uh, experiential property, really all about adventure uh, by day and, and luxury at night. So it's, uh, and we built it into that. I think it didn't start off as that, but we found bit by bit that, you know, the reason people were coming to the area um, was to get out and see the Mayan ruins and, and dive and swim in the cenotes and trek through the jungle. Um, there was loads to do, but yet it's a little known destination. So they needed us to be their local hosts to um, curate these tours and make sure that they're getting in, getting out there at the perfect time, that they have the best tour guides. Um, and also that, you know, for a lot of people, they've never been there before. So it requires a lot of personalized attention to make sure that they feel comfortable, that they've had uh, a chance to ask all of their questions and that they kind of really feel like they're getting uh, an authentic introduction and an authentic experience of the area because the area has so much to offer but there weren't many other people doing it so we kind of had to build these um, guest experiences uh, from scratch yeah and, and the property is is really unique it's you know very sophisticated it's it's uh we i i wish i could visit there sometime because <laughs> it just looks really uh really awesome and you know the, the work that you guys have done um is is really awe-inspiring to me and you know as you as you journey through the years and as you kind of formed um your company um you know dustin and i ourselves are partners at longitude and uh, we know you know the challenges of a partnership and you know the the good and the bad that comes from it i think and um you know what are the being yeah. a, a brother duo team uh you know what sort of challenges um or um, benefits have you guys seen throughout the years uh, to having that relationship? <laughs> I, I mean, this this question could go on on the on the <laughs> upside and downside. Um, no, I, I think what's what's very interesting from from our perspective um, about ourselves and what we probably only yearn, learned over time was how different we are. Um, we are literally chalk and cheese um, <laughs> as two guys, and, and so. Um, in order to get that perspective within work, um, we we come at things from completely different angles. Um, I'm, you know, a, an accountant by background, or I trained as an accountant, and um, obviously we've had our own businesses together for the last seventeen years. Um, but I'm a very linear thinker, whereas, you know, Colin's a, a <laughs> he's a he's a economist by background he's very commercially focused but he's totally driven by marketing and he's a very lateral thinker in, in how he comes at things so you know I'm finance he's marketing and there's you know there's there's upside and downside to that um in how we approach things um, um but we've kind of learned over time that 
you know, we have to give each other the respect um, of each other's perspective and try to meet in the middle, I suppose, um, along the way. Yeah, I think we've probably seen or reluctantly learned over time that oftentimes when we get into an argument, it's that we're looking at the same issue, we're just looking at it from different angles. Um, so it's not always that one of us is right or wrong. Um, but those times when you are right, it is glorious, as we said. <laughs> Now, even in, in terms of relationships, we tend to um, gel with different types of people, which is a benefit. The people that I'm just no good with, uh, Ronan tends to be able to put up with. And, uh, you know, the people that he doesn't really understand are the people I kind of vibe with. So, um, you know, as long as we, uh, all relationships do take uh, investment, they take time and they take um, some deep breathing every now and again. Um, but I think the more we go <laughs> through life and, and, and on this kind of, uh, professional journey, the more you know, the more you, re you, you respect all that you don't know um, and the importance of putting good people around you. Um, and I think there's a there's a big part of that for, for us in terms of how we've learned to work together. Yeah, that's really cool. How about you guys? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah, we... What's the quote? Um, wait a second. We've never been asked a question by, I guess. It's usually the other way around. <laughs> We're going to have to cut this out. <laughs> yeah, I, Jeremy and I have, we're very aligned on like values and purpose, but I think we, we also come at um, situations and problems from very different angles. Um, so it's been, it's been a fun learning experience to figure out um, just to consider other viewpoints, other motivations and try to reconcile those for what's best for the business and what's best for the team and everybody involved. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely requires work. Um, but I think the, the benefits of having multiple perspectives, if you can get along is, is really healthy. Yeah. 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 So you started this uh, proven partners, uh, pretty much going into the pandemic, right? And your your previous venture was right at the uh, last economic downturn. Is that right? Incredible timing, really, isn't it? That's <laughs> uh, strong. So, kind of walk us through that. What lessons did you learn? And what lessons are you learning um, as, as you're kind of starting things when people would think is not the best timing? It's probably a peculiar reference, but for some reason, what springs to my mind is uh, I remember learning how to swim and I had to wear pajamas in the water and how hard it was. But um, <laughs> one day you're eventually allowed to kind of swim without pajamas and it's all that much easier. And it felt a bit like that uh, with Kana, as in I do have a point to this, um, you know, trying to start a, an independent resort and, and get it up and moving is really, really difficult at the best of times. But doing it in a really difficult economic environment is so much tougher. Um, and yeah, we got nailed by the last recession. Um, I think it taught us that there's no um, there's no way to fast track projects. There were much bigger projects we'd worked on in the years leading up to that, um, a lot more money involved, and they were just so much easier because uh, everything was selling. Um, but when the tide goes out, you kind of find out who you are um, and I think we we earned our stripes in those following years because we had to uh, break down every single thing into minute details and, and really get focused on um, the core of our product. You know, 
in a good time, you can open a resort and maybe start selling from day one. Uh, I think that's not realistic, unfortunately, even for people today. Um, and so it, it requires you to take a much deeper dive into, wait, why do you exist in the first place? What is it that people are actually looking for when they come here? Are you actually really uh, delivering on that? And are you communicating that through your digital messaging? Um, a lot of our focus at the moment is on, on the development side of things where you're trying to figure that out before you actually exist. Um, so uh, making sure that there is uh, a strong process to the development of concept. Um, and we're very commercially focused, but we've seen that if you want to have sales when you're open, if you want revenue, and that's if your resort real estate or if your um, boutique resort, uh, whichever it is, uh, it, the value that we've found through, uh, through the lessons that we've learned in kind of really working on those concepts and that brand, um, which you guys are all too familiar with, um, if you can get it right, it, it just sets up your marketing, and your sales for success. And if you don't, then, you know, your sales and marketing teams are, are really going to be working with one hand uh, tied behind their back. So a lot of people, I think, kind of roll their eyes a bit when you start to talk about concept and concept building, conceptual fact sounds intangible, it sounds fluffy, um, but it's a very, very real um, and practical uh, process to go through. And I think getting that kind of cohesively ingrained in the design and into the pre-opening of the operation is um, uh, is something that, yeah, I guess we took away from from those early years. Yeah. And I, I, I think um, being honest, even, you know, like when, when you come through certainly that recession, when we were coming through the other side in 2011, 2012, we had already started to incorporate sustainability um, into our resort and, um, and and levels of digital that weren't being used in other places, mostly because we had to. <laughs> you, you know, we, we our front page of our, our website, even for even for Cannes at the time, and we started to build this into um, other projects because we had started um, consulting on other projects at that stage. And um, you know, was a video, and and back in sort of 2011, 12, there weren't many places doing that. But the point, my point being that we had to really just push boundaries and be forward thinking um, and try to be creative, I suppose, um, on very small budgets um, in how we approach things. And uh, we've taken that. And I think a lot of people have, um, especially those who, who really got hit hard in the recession. Um, you know, you take those lessons and you remember them and you bring them forward for for all your projects beyond that so um so certainly remaining forward thinking and looking ahead and trying to be not way ahead of the curve but just that little bit ahead of the curve um can can really just drive your project forward um and as long as you don't rest on those laurels i suppose and become complacent and continue to stay um just slightly ahead of that curve um, it can be very valuable yeah, and the, and the work that you guys have been involved in, and the properties that you know you've had success with, I think one thing that's that I've seen um, from the outside looking in is like you've you've managed to create um, through the services that you offer. Obviously, those you know I think your core services are like development service, real estate development services, financial planning, um, marketing, and concept development. I think through mm -hmm. that all those processes that you have. It's really a, a matter of, and we see this even ourselves in the projects we work with, are this like creating this holistic experience 
um, that starts from early planning that involves every step along the way. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like sometimes early on, that was more of like a bootstrapping or like trying to look for extreme efficiencies um, that required oftentimes more creativity sometimes um, to, to get around those hurdles. So, you know, what is, when you, when it comes to like creating this like cohesive concept from, you know, the beginning to the end and and executing it, um, you know, what, do you have any examples of how that's kind of played out just on a, on a project basis, maybe one project where you kind of, you went through that whole process and it just worked out perfectly or maybe some of the challenges you faced along the way? I think one of the things we've learned more than anything is to make sure that concepts and ideas aren't coming from from ego or ideology, rather they're coming from uh, the the heritage of the destination surrounding you. Um, like a lot of the answers to to the questions we were asking ourselves in those early days lay by kind of stepping back and actually engaging with our local community, learning more about the history of of the area. Um, now, look, Belize is a very uh, particular and, and unique destination, but I think you know why do people travel? So often, um, it is to get a sense of of a different destination, um, whether that's uh, Belize or Berlin. I think this, the same kind of things apply. Um, and I think we've seen too often in, in hospitality, maybe the time and, and thought hasn't gone into projects to help develop those concepts out. Um, everyone gets very focused on, on capital budgets, but there really needs to be almost a budget for the amount of time and, and, and thought that goes into really kind of, in, uh, you know, digesting the, the destination itself and then figuring out how to incorporate that uh, into the resort or, or the hotel. Um, you know, we're one of the projects we have in the pipeline at the moment um, is uh, has a major one of the top hundred golf courses in the world. Yet they're they're struggling with occupancy and, and residential, and that was pre-pandemic. Um, so their offering is world class, but it's just too one-dimensional. Um, they haven't developed beyond their their core product. And um, if you look at the the resort real estate side of things, if you want families to buy, you you know you have to appeal to the spouses and the children. Um, both spouses, not just one. Um, so trying to you know relook at that and reposition it and figure out, okay, um, what actually makes sense for this destination? And, and the truth is, in, in that particular case, um, there's a world of inspiration right in their doorstep, but they came in with the mentality that this is golf and that's what we're going to do. And, and they went and did that and it just comes off a little bit one-dimensional. Um, whereas, you know, another project worked recently, Allerdale in Scotland, is a beautiful remote retreat, um, but you know, not alone is it a retreat. It's got a, a really incredible rewilding focus. They've they've planted over a million trees uh, to restore native woodlands in, in recent years. So it's a terrific story, and it's something that really compels people. It resonates with them. They want to come along. They want to support the project, um, and it goes beyond just a very simple kind of one dimensional offering to something that now has ramifications on its community. Um, it's a reason, it, you know, if, if you're marketing that property, you know, have so many reasons to to talk about it, so many things that, you know, people will follow you to stay stay in touch with and hear how progress is going. Uh, they reintroduced the red squirrel a couple of years ago. You know, those kinds of stories are, are dynamite and you want to support those types of properties. Um, so they're thinking beyond, um, you know, thinking outside the box. Yeah, I think I think when we're looking at anything from a holistic point of view, obviously, um, even that word, you you want to be genuine and authentic throughout um, everything that's created, um, and it takes 
a, a vision or an understanding of um, of every single party that's um, contributing to the project. Um, so from designers right through to the actual financiers or, or the owners and developers in that in that sense, through to the GM and, and the sales and marketing. Um, and from our perspective, because we've had to walk in those shoes and every single pair of those shoes along the way, um, that's what's often missing, I think, in in um, in the creation of some of these projects is is somebody who actually can take that seat at the table and can speak the language of everybody who's around the table. Generally, there's one of those parties that's actually driving it, um, and you have to understand what all um, what the drivers actually are w- within that in order to push those pedals um, when needed and make sure that that everything is working cohesively together. So um, I I think when when you have that, then that shines through in in what Colin was talking about there as regards, you know, your environment, your community, how your staff feel, and then therefore how the guests feel um, when they come to a property or when even when they view a property online when they're considering visiting or they're considering buying the the vacation home at that property um, it should be very authentic and feel like genuine and that it's true to to its location and where it is so yeah absolutely I, I mean the truly great properties aren't just great because of the architecture or the list of amenities it does take that heavy investment in the creative and the thinking and really putting, um, really creating a concept that brings everything together. Mm. I love, I love hearing you guys say that. Yeah. And I think, I think we've, we've come from a, like we said, a, a real estate background um, where, you know, through those boom years and, and here in Ireland, it was called the Celtic tiger um I, but you know through the early 2000s you know every, everything was growing massively everybody was spending and there was just mass production i suppose um it's a long time since then obviously um but really i suppose bringing all um the real holistic philosophy into how everything is brought together ultimately is is where we come from and tying all that together Definitely. Have you ever been brought into a project where it was hard to find some of those creative ways to to highlight and bring things out and create a unique experience? Um, it, if so, like, what are some of your methods of really digging into an area and into a property and finding the unique aspects of it? I think what springs to mind is that it's been less about the the property maybe not having the scope. It's more uh, as long as the owners are supportive of it. And I think maybe why we speak so, um, uh, I guess, so clearly on it and so we, we place such importance on it today is maybe uh, at times in the past, we've assumed that other people think the same way or, or, or have the same level of value on that process as we do, when in reality, that's not the case. Um, and I, you know, this is across all businesses. Everyone is forced to look at um, results tomorrow. They don't want to build for next, you know, next year or even six months down the line. Um, people prefer to put some money into Google AdWords than than build a really good SEO campaign. Um, and it can feel a bit 
like that if we are going into a new project. Um, that's why, you know, if it's a, a new acquisition and it's repositioning, um, there's usually a little bit of uh, bandwidth, uh, a bit of uh, a bit of scope for playing around and taking the time. I mean, we mentioned earlier about the time and thought that it takes. Um, I think if, if you're told to just do something quickly or expect to do it quickly, you will end up having to stick with more of a formula, whereas really unearthing some of the underlying kind of uh, unique character um, takes a bit of time. Um, now, that's not to say um, that the answers are always right there in front of you if you take that time. I think, look, um, we we learned early on uh, one of the fun sides of hospitality is it can be a little bit fantasy, especially when you get into resort. People are traveling, they want a different type of experience. And so, you know, not every resort is going to be um, a very authentic experiential property. I think uh, depending on your destination, when you do get to those destinations, maybe what you're asking about that are um, maybe not quite as as layered and, and uh, um, historical as, as some of the ones we've been talking about, then I, I think it leaves more room for, for quirk and creativity. Um, but so we would certainly take a, a kind of a try and encourage a blank slate at that. And we, we spoke earlier about, you know, putting good brains uh, around you and making sure that you're encouraging uh, discussion, encouraging creativity and, and listening to all um, avenues and ideas. And that's a diff difficult one friend. You know, you're also still always on a budget, on a timeline. Um, you have to balance out uh, delivering on this with also stepping back and, and kind of brainstorming. Um, but as with so much in hospitality, from our perspective, it is very challenging and it's also really, um, it's really interesting and it, it's very, very, it can be very, very good fun and very, very fulfilling, um, but it doesn't mean it's easy. So, you know, as you guys have, have been um, working on a lot of really cool concepts already, some of them might, like to some of our listeners, some of the projects you guys are already working on are like considered dream projects probably, but, um, and I know you guys, probably love every um, one you get to work on, but is there any sort of like, would you describe like a, a future um, aspirational, you know, perfect project? Um, what do you kind of ideally look for in the projects that uh, you're brought into? I mean, it's a, it's a great question. And we'd probably give it a different answer every day if we thought about it. Um, but I think we've always been, you know, by default, we've kind of uh, come from an intersection of of real estate and hospitality, and so those the lines between them have have often been blurred for us. Um, and I think uh, we kind of like blurred lines, I guess, um, things that are a bit more uh, multidimensional. Um, uh, you know, wellness is is something I think you know driven by the pandemic. It's becoming a bigger and bigger. Um, team in our thought process, and I think for a lot of people, uh, every so so you know, bringing wellness outside of spa and integrating it into the actual resort operation, that's uh, that's something that's very interesting to us. Rona mentioned sustainability earlier on. Um, you know, figuring out ways that sustainability can be more than just a kind of a, a baseline and can actually become a core part of your project. Um, you know, I know I'm talking kind of at high level here, but. Those kinds of intersections are, are what really drive us. Um, how do you make resort feel like the, or how do you make the real estate feel like part of the resort and, and blur those lines? Um, and how, how do you kind of benefit from, from intermeshing these different areas uh, without losing the contrast and, and the differentiation? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think like when, um, you know, 
we, we talked a bit about, you know, our, our first you know, relatively small project, I suppose, boutique resort in the jungle. Um, and at the same time as that, we, you know, we obviously had a fund and, and we had to continue to raise money through the recession and for, for other projects. Um, and we were trying to stay ahead of the, the wave of recession at that time. Um, uh, my point being, we, we were, you know, we were traveling to Dubai um, uh, to try to attract investment, to try to stay ahead of that wave of recession. And I think that's one of the interesting things about traveling is was when you get to see these different destinations and how they approach hospitality. Um, and I, I would say at that time, um, certainly in Dubai, that, you know, it was sort of, they had created a, a mini Vegas. Now they've come a long way since then because they've embraced their own culture um, and, and because they have so much culture over there um, in a lot of what they do. But at the time, there were a lot of hotels that were just very bland and, and didn't suit their location. So, yeah, when, when we talk about our perfect project, you learn from, you know, from your own travel and from the places that you visit along the way. Um, and it, it is those, there's so many details that can go into um, a project and and our last project um, in Belize was an eighty million dollar project of you know real, of real estate and resort, um, but there was there was so much contrast going on there between beach and jungle between um, you know sort of coastline and lagoon side mangroves um, and Mayan ruins and um, and Caribbean beachfront so um, and reef so. You know, when you you try, and then there's the heritage side of things. We had um, a small museum involved as well. Um, You know, it's just all those details become all those layers that people can keep discovering along the way. And I think when you have that, people keep coming back. Um, Otherwise, in this day and age, people get bored very quickly. So so it's those layers that that really start. And, And you see that in the best properties, I think. Um, around the globe, certainly. Definitely. Yeah, you guys, you, you mentioned some, uh, you know, words and, and trends along the way. You know, you mentioned like wellness, uh, sustainability. Earlier, you were talking about, you know, rewilding and, and how that's become, um, you know, kind of an up and coming trend, I think, too, for mm. um, the industry. And, you know, this idea, and, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with like transformational tourism and, and uh, you know, how that's playing a part in the sustainable um, tourism efforts and like helping with over tourism and things like that. But do you think how many of these, like, uh, you know, I don't know if I, some of them, I don't even know if I, we'd call trends or label as trends, hopefully not. But um, how many of them do you think will be become kind of evergreen or expected in the industry? Um, and how many will, you, you know, might be, be more of a trend that um, may have an, an end to it eventually? I mean, how do, how do we, um, how do you account for that in the design choices you make and the in the choices you make with the concepts, um, defining what's a trend and what's going to be something that sticks? I guess. I think it's a it's an intriguing kind of area to discuss. But my perspective would be that some you know something like sustainability and and to an extent wellness as well. I think are going beyond trend and and they're turning into movements. Um, mm-hmm. I think sustainability in particular is is uh, is here to stay um, because you know we're only going to be seeing more 
um, climate issues over coming years, they're, they're rapidly um, increasing in pace. And I think, um, you know, a few years back, we would have had a commitment to sustainability, but it wasn't something that we knew a huge amount about. We've learned a lot more about the the uh, the threats of it over the last couple of years, as of many people. And I think we've seen, um, you know, a huge increase in awareness. So that awareness isn't going to go away because it's not going to get solved in the next couple of years. And, and we would see it, uh, you can see it at the highest levels uh, ramping up. Um, so I, I think that's the kind of one that, um, yeah, that's a that's a long, long-term one and that's a keeper. And I think to some extent, um, wellness is interesting because I think if we were chatting a year ago, we probably wouldn't be putting it on the radar in the same way. But, you know, coming out of a, a pandemic, um, I mean, the pubs in Ireland here have been closed since last March. That's unprecedented in, in itself. Um, you know, people have been uh, deprived of, of that human connection, uh, which is uh, so ingrained in hospitality and, and so much of what drives the desire for hospitality. Um, but, you know, I remember wearing a mask in a store for the first time and it felt so weird. And now it's part of day to day life for us. So it's it's difficult to anticipate what the long term um, and, and carry, carry over from all of that is in terms of consumer behavior. But certainly there's a lot pointing towards wellness being valued a lot more, the quality of the air we breathe, the quality of the light. Uh, and, and also we've been, um, you know, we've all had a lot more time to ourselves, a lot more time to think about these things and, and to recognize how, how fragile our environment actually is. So I think it's more speaking to those consumer kind of, uh, the awareness and, and the drivers are are going to be more long term, um, as opposed to so many of the trends over the years, which uh, which tend to be short term things. If it's um, you know something that's kind of cool and interesting, but it doesn't necessarily have a, a, a long term meaningful place at the table. Definitely. Yeah, and I think I, I think and I would hope that um, certainly because there's been a reduction in travel. Um, that that people have have developed a, a much bigger appreciation for um for their locality or or their home country or, or whatever um you know rather than jumping on planes nonstop all the time I I would hope that that's something that remains um certainly we, we didn't live here in Ireland um, up to a couple of years ago for for fifteen years um, we lived in the U S um and you know coming back here you, you do have a new appreciation for. Um, a lot of the culture and history and just and I think obviously as a result of COVID that hopefully that remains and therefore reduces travel a little bit um, in the sense of um, from from a climate perspective and sustainability perspective and being real for, about that. Um, and, there, you know, we definitely have seen a, and I think everybody would agree with this, there's been a lot of greenwashing in the industry um, over the years, as Colin pointed out, there's a lot more awareness about it um the real what true sustainability is nowadays and and even if you look at any of the lists um of the hotels that are opening in 2021 you know they're all talking about obviously sustainability so so again you got to be that that little bit ahead of the curve and what are you doing that that's that bit more because that is normal now um and i think that's that's a great thing to be happening in the industry yeah, absolutely. So one of the uh, one of the questions we ask all of our guests, with the title of the podcast being "Future Hospitality," 
What are you guys... At a, we've talked about kind of where the industry is going and some of the things that we think will influence it. What are each of you excited about at a personal level as you look to 2021 and, and beyond? In the industry, sorry, or, or on a personal basis? Personally. I mean, look, the pubs haven't been open here since March, like I said. So, uh, <laughs> now the uh, just I think that uh, that sense of of kind of engagement and human connection again. Um, you know, sitting out in a buzzy city square, um, haven't had that taken away, and it, it it's another few months uh, before we'll we'll really get any of that back again. Um, but I think there's a whole new appreciation um, for that kind of the, the travel and the human connection. Um, and that doesn't mean long distance travel necessarily, but uh, we've been fortunate where we've traveled a lot in our in our lives and in our careers. Um, and it's been eye-opening to kind of uh, have that taken away to some extent for a period of time. And I don't think it's necessarily been a bad thing, um, but it's definitely on a personal level um, given a, a new perspective and a new appreciation for um, just how much, it, uh, just how important it is and just how enjoyable it is. Yeah, I think um, both personally and professionally from um, from the point of view of, of the actual flags and brands, the, the big corporate ones around the globe, I think we've started, we had already started to see a lot of, a lot of change within them, um, you know, so, so that they weren't so generic. Um, over, over the last couple of years, I'm, I'm sure that will be hugely accelerated now. Um, as as Colin mentioned, as, as people, you know, really, really crave that human connection again, and really crave um, some authentic, real travel, and um, that those brands are evolving further to actually take that much more into account and be a little less um, worried about their bottom line nonstop, so to speak, but. Um, but really just rather than being more corporate and bland across every single destination that they take more account of their location um, the community, the environment, et cetera. And, you know, you guys mentioned the, the holistic attitude towards um, wherever you're located. And I think that's, that's really important. So I, I look forward to seeing that in a lot more places and that being embraced much more um, as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think in spite of the challenges, um, like you said, this has been a an opportunity to kind of reset and mm. um, see what's really important to you and be able to make some adjustments to your life that uh, maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to without this. So um, I'm excited for the Irish pubs to be open again <laughs> for your sake as well. Um, we've just really enjoyed having you guys on here. I love what you guys are doing. Um, just hearing the heart behind it and um, the optimism. Um, if people want to learn more about you, where where can they do that? I mean, they can reach out directly to us uh, and, uh, and and check out our website as well, which is proven.partners. Um, so they can get us at, at Colin at proven.partners or Ronan at proven.partners. Um, but the website's right there if anyone wants to take a look and, and uh, we'd love to hear, hear from you. Excellent. All right, well, thank you guys. Thanks so much, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for, for listening to us rant. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Future Hospitality and on Facebook by searching for Future Hospitality.